quick. Like uh, when I shared, when I got back on after just tagging the, the this was happening in the post earlier, uh, a few of my volleyball girls re re responded that their coaches follow you. So that was cool. <laughs> oh, okay. I actually had a couple. I had one girl actually follow me who is a um, Marshall commit. Mm. Um, I actually, yep. um, I actually coached where she played. Oh, no way. That's awesome. Yeah, I coached at Pit Elite while I was there, um, and she yep. is actually going to work with one of the strength coaches there that I know. That's cool. I, I love how that stuff just comes together in these networks. Yeah. yeah. If she was one of the ones that, that replied to, to the story. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, I'm Jerry Hanley. Uh, I very rarely go by the, by the moniker coach. Just a side note, just Jerry Hanley. <laughs> um Viking Performance Training is what I've been running here in Morgantown, West Virginia for a little bit over six years now. We opened in June 2014. Before that, uh, ten, spent 10 years as a strength and conditioning coach at West Virginia University. And that was basically where I formed a lot of just the basic, like the experience that, you know, other than just what I had done trial and error before that, researching on my own before that. So started a, started a school, West Virginia University, knew that training athletes is what I wanted to do, but kind of learned more about strength and conditioning as an actual field while in, while in the undergrad program, got an internship, basically just continued on as a volunteer and eventually got a GA position and then hired. And um, I was in kind of the rare position of staying at one place like WVU for 10 years because strength and conditioning is pretty volatile, crazy. So, you know, yeah, people going back and forth um, all the time. And we did have like some, like a lot of staff changes. I served under two directors. But the, the main thing is I really got to do what I had wanted, what drew me into strength and conditioning, which is work with a ton of different athletes. Like I didn't really get into it because there was one specific sport or niche that I wanted to train. I like training all types of athletes. And as a result, I got that chance to, at some point in time, I trained everybody at WVU, like every sport, I mean, over the 10 years that I was there. And and like, and in the end, I ended up with like a, one of the main Olympic sports strength conditioning coaches. So I, have, I was in charge of women's soccer at the end, um, rowing, rifle, the throwers on the track team, as well as helping a lot with wrestling and Volleyball actually was one of the first sports that ever I got to got a chance to help with for a few years. So it was one of my very first, um, yeah, just chances to see what college sports training was like. So I know um, I'd heard about you when I was actually in Waynesburg for the longest time um, from uh, Louis Pellegrini. Oh and, yeah, Louis, <laughs> that's uh, awesome. Julia, Tri oh now Triano. Um, was uh, McCracken. And so I had been looking for, at the time I was looking for like places to intern and um, just other avenues of experience. And he actually turned me towards you. I just didn't have the time at that point to really get into it. But I've been following you since, oh, it's been seven, eight years now, just watching like how you do things and, you know, your your methods aren't, the generic methods and it's I, it's a refreshing look right. on it and so it's nice to see more of the not so much the practical side of it but you know how can we have fun and integrate certain things and kind of get out of that that normal niche yeah for sure man that's awesome man that's so cool that that i had no idea that background was there from from louis
in Waynesburg and everything. That's really cool. That's really cool. Um, you, you hit the nail on the head with one of those last things. Like, uh, for me, I mean, it basically comes down. I had this conversation with my coaches all the time with other people. Like, I, in the end, I, I take a very bare-bones approach to what I'm actually looking for. Like I want the I want the clients to you know definitely get the 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 best results that they're coming for, and to hit those goals and ideally pass them and you know keep making more goals. So results is num results is one, but then the second one is I want them to actually enjoy that process. Okay. Like it, in the end, that's basically it. I mean, like you know, it, basically number three, if you're just gonna have a trifecta top three, you know, stay safe, stay healthy, of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, extra bonus to that now with everything happening with COVID. But in, in the end, I mean, for me, like, that's it. It's like, I don't care how we necessarily get to that approach. Um, and private sector now with Viking performance training, that's been one advantage at least is getting the focus on people enjoying the training because it removes the, you know, like people don't have to be there like they do in, some yes. situations like you know in, in college you know it's it's mandatory training it's part of that you got the head coach mandating it so people sit like um just discipline and desire to train is all over the place anywhere that it's forced but private sector said so it's like people for the most part are wanting to you know at least giving it a shot training to see if it's for them wanting to reach those goals but then so it actually benefits in multiple ways if they actually enjoy it, not just because they keep coming back and referring more friends or teammates, but it's just more fun for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, so it's, um, so it, yeah, it really comes down to like training that they're going to enjoy in an atmosphere that they're going to enjoy. Yeah. And I mean, I try and do the same thing. I know a lot of the, like everyone loves, especially with the guys, everyone loves to lift weight in some way. Um, I like incorporating more, you know, sled style, like let's, let's move something. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got tires, sleds. We're looking at getting um, a couple strongman uh, apparatuses uh, in the near future. And um, with, uh, God, I can't remember what it's called. Um, uh, Carrie, like a, a, I, I'm, I'm blanking real bad. Um, but with some of the bigger like carry items, maybe some Atlas stones, things like that. And I know that was a big thing, or it actually is a big thing that you do within your facility is more strongman. Yep. With, like with, within your programming, within what you do in the facility, you, you hold um, different sanctioned events, you know, and then you have some of the Viking women, um, for those who don't know, please go look at his stuff because it's awesome. Um, you know, we're talking same kind of stuff that you see at World's Strongest Man, you know, except maybe toned down a little bit to where the average person can do it, we'll say. We'll say average. Um, <laughs> the, the ones that are in still doing it because they love to do it. Um, how did you get into promoting that? And how did you get into, like, programming and training for that? Yeah. Um like friends and again being that being having that basically like nerd geek background where i love training as a science and not just like as a weight room thing it um because for me it started with uh well actually it's like because two of my best friends are brothers um john and paul mauser and paul is actually one of my coaches at the gym now 
he's been the event promoter, but he's, he's been the like official event promoter at the gym since we opened. And he's been, he was the first person to basically put on strong man events in West Virginia. He started, I think it was like 2007 or 2008. And so with that, so he's always been a fan and he's one of those guys who was doing it when it was, you know, people driving to like people's backyards for a contest when it wasn't like as at least common as it is now where you can actually find it, um, find sanctioned shows. So he'd started putting shows on in West Virginia back then a few years later um, became the actual like state chair for strongman corporation, like the biggest national strongman um, federation. And then um, it just so happened that like, since he was putting those initial events on in my hometown, I knew some of the guys competing <laughs> and was friend. And like um, one of the guys competing was, was like my roommate. So I went ahead and basically like put a training program together for him. Um, and then that just kept going. And then some of the, some of my former athletes, some of my former female athletes convinced him to have, start having women's divisions. Um, Cause that first event only had eight people. <laughs> and then some of the female athletes started convincing him to have women's divisions. They were the only females competing for like years. Um, and then finally it kind of hit that point where it stuck and started taking off. And that was right at the point when I was also leaving WVU and opening the gym. And since there was nowhere to train for with it, like anywhere for strongman in the area and with the connections and just as something fun to do, um, as well as thinking we like it's just good training tools. We made a decent, you know, just initial investment commitment to having a lot of that. And so we, especially now with our space, we're, um, I mean, we're easily the biggest strongman training gym, mm -hmm. like in terms of amount of equipment um, within like at least 250 miles. Um, yeah. Like uh, Pittsburgh doesn't have anything. We have people coming over from, you know, like who say will come over for just day passes occasionally from like the Columbus area. It's like Columbus, Baltimore, like the two closest places. Um, and really Baltimore, not much. So it's like, so within that. And so that's how we ended up putting them on. And then my close relationship with Paul. So we're like, you know, we want to have events at the gym in general. Let's put them on. And then because so many of the movements are so functional and it matched the overall training philosophy at the gym, which is matching actual physical needs rather than sticking to just one type of training. And so there's so many of the basic things we could add in there. Like, like you said, carries or carries and sleds are like the top two by far that we use with yeah. um, athletes or, or normal population, whether they're trying to get stronger yeah, like just help for an athlete. Um, you know, I, I, and I always make sure to explain to athletes, especially, but any anybody, but especially athletes, like why they're doing certain exercises, especially early on. Um, for example, like a carry, it doesn't matter what type of carry, you know, if it's a farmer's carry or some type of like front carry, even overhead carry, like a bar, like, um, like great for knee health because of how it puts, it puts the load on like, individual hamstrings step by step you get a lot more of the like vmo muscles on the ins on the there in the bottom of the inner quad uh by the knee and so those are like great for knee health great for great for female athletes for that reason 
Um, and so, so, so they all worked themselves in. So that helped it grow as well because almost everybody at the gym was doing some strongman exercise somewhere in their training. Yeah. And then as a result, like we didn't even see this part coming. We started having a lot of men and women, but especially women who would come into the, who would have come into the gym. Their only thought was to get fitter. Like, you know, some of them wanted to feel stronger. Some of them wanted to get leaner. Um, something like strong. It was literally nowhere on their radar, but yeah. just through like repeated exposure of seeing it at the gym, seeing whether it was like high school, middle school kids or, or other adults do it. Um, we, that's one of the other key things is we don't have like blocked off things at the gym. It's, it's one big open space so you can see everything. And it's also um, the schedules also just it's individual schedule. So you might be a 40 year old mom, training at the same time as a half dozen high school athletes, maybe a college or middle school athlete and like a pro strongman. Like, so it, it's, you, you see it all, but then with everybody being supportive about it, everybody being in a good mood in that open space. So we started having more and more adults. And I said, but especially who just really wanted to try it out. <laughs> and then it went from like, having more of it in their workout to actually thinking like, Oh, do you think I can do like one of these contests in the novice division? And then it might be like, just to show like their daughters can do that their daughter to their daughters that they can do it or get into it or just actually get hooked by it. Like, yeah, yeah uh, uh, like at least three quarters of our strong men, strong women at the gym were initially just women who came in, had no, like I said, it wasn't on their radar at all. And just eventually got like interested and hooked on the training, and now they compete. <laughs> it's like it's it's awesome. It's been really really cool to see that evolution happen. Yeah, and the one thing I was actually I was looking up, and I I had it right when I was going to say it was a yoke. And oh yeah, um, yeah. So that's like one of our big things. And I know I watch you guys use that uh, log press from time to time. Um, Atlas stones, whether they're homemade or not. Um, my biggest thing was trying to get um, female athletes to do tire flips. And I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's not as intimidating as it seems. Like, yeah. they're it's a lot of fun. You know, when you say, I can flip a 200-pound tire, you know, it's totally different when you're physically doing it. And so I try and get them – I mean, even though we don't have, like, a yoke or a log press or something – try and get them into like a clean and jerk or get them into like maybe a body weight farmer's carrier, suitcase carrier, something. And I like that idea just because you might not be moving a lot of weight, but you feel like you're doing it. Like you feel like you're doing more than you really are. And yeah. I know the guys I have love doing that stuff. And I've got some of the girls I have, some of the female athletes, uh, volleyball players love sleds. And some hate it and they would rather do ropes for conditioning. So it's, it's funny to see that. Like I actually, I posted a poll on Instagram, you know, ropes or sleds, like, well, what would you pick for conditioning? And I mean, ropes got vo outvoted in a heartbeat, which I wasn't surprised by. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it is, it is really cool to see that. Um, I know for us, at least in our facility, it's a lot more, um, 
competition weightlifting. So almost like a Pittsburgh barbell club. Yeah. You know, but we are trying to incorporate more of that strong man aspect. And it's not so much to try and branch off, but to just bring a little variety to it. Yeah. Which is exactly. still fun. Exactly. And that's so huge. Like that's, that's the biggest thing that I like I hear. Cause like a lot of times people get so caught up in just like a specific branch of training and yeah, like they will be like either just powerlifting or just weightlifting and, or like I always say, like, you know, when it comes to strength coaches in general or any form of trainer for his performance is on the one hand, you know, at one extreme, you have like those super in the trench, like, like traditional meathead coaches who, because it worked for them 20, 30 years ago, that's, that's all they need to, that's all they need to feel like. Um, they kind of ignore everything else. And again, like, you know, you're helping some people while also not giving the best result to a lot of others. Yeah. On the complete opposite end of the spectrum, you've got kind of like what I consider like your ivory tower research only people who just like the only things they'll consider are what is like strongly supported in the research. But then they're trying to train every athlete at every level, like an Olympic lifter in a controlled setting in the laboratory. And again, it's like everything that was ever supported in a research study worked before that study. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like, it, and that's basically the idea, like before there were any of the, before there was any specific type of lifting or exercising or training, there was getting somebody better and better prepared. You had to move in a certain way from point A to point B with this amount of force, this amount of speed, you know, the proper flexibility, like all those things happen before, like every exercise put together in the end is just movement or for, you know, in force. So that's why I don't look at it. Like, you know, yeah. Like if somebody comes in, it's like, I'm training for powerlifting. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I'm training for weightlifting. Okay. But otherwise, um, that's why I feel like these exercises work so well together. And yeah, like something like Strongman said, I mean, it gets like, the one of the huge benefits of it is that there's no such thing as an isolated strongman movement. Like every strongman movement is total body. Like even grip. Like if you get into the super niche world of arm lifting and grip sports, which we have some people at the gym do, um, and but you get into that super niche world and done done correctly, it's still total body. Like you know. <laughs> Like they're learning how to like get, you know, basically grip, you know, with just their hands, but it's coming all the way from like their toes and their glutes and, and contact, like it's, it's still total body. So like, yeah, like using that for athletes, it's just kind of natural to get them to be able to, to overcome that. And it's also, again, it's like basically real life stuff. Like, like you said, a yoke, it's, you know, can you support this? Get that posture, get that postural strength, the core strength, your hips, and like I said, especially hamstrings posterior chain are going to be super involved. And then if you're actually carrying it, yeah, then you have to deal with like the real life weight variations side by side. Again, a lot more act activity happening in the core and in the hips in general than like quote unquote just a squat. Like we're, yeah. we're a squatting gym. Like <laughs> it's like people are squatting like two, three times a week sometimes in the gym. But so, I mean, it's definitely not that we don't like squats, but again, it's like, there's a lot of, lot of variation that you can add 
Yeah. And that's what I do. I mean, I even do that with, with all my athletes. Like I have a, um, at least right now with, I'm like with a teaching job I have and with, uh, lessons and volleyball lessons and stuff I do, I'll do, um, three training days a week right now. And we'll usually, we'll do a lift Monday, Wednesday, and then we'll do some kind of footwork conditioning or whatever we feel, what I feel it needs to be worked on on Friday. And so we'll still take majority is, is a hip movement Monday and Wednesday. Like the first two, first two move, movements are automatically hip and core. So it's usually a snatch or a clean along with a, we'll say front squat, back squat or deadlift. And then we might go into like a push press, a landmine, something upper body shoulder, and then go from there. So like whatever accessory movements and I try and keep it, you know, just like that. I try and keep it simple, but it's funny. I had after so long of dealing with certain people finally got, well, I got a question. Where do you get your workouts from? And I kind of laughed and I went, uh, well, I'm not looking them up online, you know, and, and yeah. he the athlete asked me and I kind of laughed and I went, well, I have a process. I said, I'm, I'm not really one to map out four five, six months at a time. I'm, I'm one to look at movements. And I think that's the wonderful part about our profession. There's no set gold standard of training and right. every gets to the different gets their end goal differently. So I think it's, it's awesome to where if, you know, we want to do kind of like you were talking about just with the grip strength, if, you know, I want to say, Hey, we might be tight in our upper body. Shoulders might be hurting a little bit or, you know, maybe our legs are tired. Hey, you know, let's see who can do a dead arm hang the longest. Well, you know, yeah. we can finish like that, you know, and they're like, Oh yeah, I could do two minutes. And I'm sitting there thinking, all right, well, I want to see this. I want to see you grip strength for two minutes and let's go from there. And, you know, I love doing the little things like that. And sometimes it's just, you know, you're having a crappy day. Okay. Let's slam some stuff. You know, we can still work on, on different power movements. And I think that's what I love flexibility of training athletes regardless of what level it is i mean obviously there's a lot more we'll say room to 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 play around with on the lower level you know middle school you know lower training age and high school and, and obviously as you get to that international pro olympic level you're really narrowing it down to kind of that small small increments of getting better they're, they're already at such a high level right it's just all right, let's get let's get that you know tenth of a second off now instead of oh we're trying to knock off thirty seconds off your mile when you just started running, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, no, that that's that's for sure. Like and you mentioned, I like, know not to go into the rabbit, I was gonna say like not to go into the rabbit hole too deep about grip because um, there's other guys at the gym who are way more into it than I am, but. With especially the younger athletes, this is what made me think about it. Like you said, like the younger the athletes, the more of that change we can we can make with them. But that's like they're a great one to start just incorporating basic grip strength in. Not even as like a specific exercise, but just finding those exercises where you can do the exact same thing plus make it a bigger challenge on grip. Like whether it's just using a you know, like adding, adding like the fat grips attachable, like pieces to dumbbells, which are one of my favorite, you know, $37 pieces of equipment out there. Um, 
in just, you know, having them do like single arm rows or even presses with that rather than the normal dumbbell or same idea, like using um, like fat bars, you know, for a few different exercises rather than a normal barbell. And like the, for one, it's like grip is so crazy because for one, you know, when you have a stronger grip, everything else feels stronger. But especially the more these exercises do like snatches, cleans, deadlifts, trap bar deadlifts, you know, like that's only going to help them. Like we you know when, when their grip doesn't feel like the weak link, that's only going to help them get that much more power through their hips. Yes. And there's, there's something that I can't quite remember the name. I'm actually trying to cheat right behind my screen here and like <laughs> see if I can like Google it really fast. Yes. But um, I don't think I'm going to think of it, but there's an actual like um, like physiological phenomenon where when your grip is being taxed in an exercise, it does in fact change, you know, how like the rest of your body, at least up through like your shoulder and usually past that is, is also being utilized. And um, I said, if I can, like, I actually have this as a saved tab on my phone. So worst case scenario, when this is over, I'll find that tab and send it to you. But again, it's one of those just extra benefits where as you make your grip stronger, so many other things actually improve that especially if you get to be in that like, because basically I, like um, middle school athletes, younger high school athletes, or just high school athletes who, who don't have much training history, I consider all of that like what I, what I unofficially call my sub-maximal training crowd. Like yep. they're just getting better and better and better by handling sub-maximal loads, continuing to progress, but they, can pr they almost always have more left in the tank. Um, so, like, a lot of people get confused, like, or they won't see the difference, but I'll actually have in a lot of my workouts. Sometimes I say, I actually say, like, max, if I'm actually wanting to hit a true max on a get given day, uh, which is usually at most once or twice a year for a more developed athlete anyway. Um, but much more frequently I'll say like work to a heavy single. And again, the first time they'll see that they think that that means they might mean max, but then I'm like, no, like I literally, you know, basically mean like just until it happens to feel heavy that day. So almost always that means, you know, there's still like five, maybe 10% left in the tank, but there's, but there's, they're still probably hitting a weight they haven't touched before and everything kind of bumps up. And um, so just like all of those things, so that's like almost prime time for me to just add in those extra things like the grip or getting used to the getting used to the different movements like you find in strongman. And then the more developed they get, you can actually, again, kind of for fun and variety to a degree, put like put forward some of these new exercises or movements in front of them as like a challenge that has nothing to do with weight. And when they can do it, because they're actually like, Again, they're way more athletic and they're all around strong, not just strong as certain exercises. Everything, again, just increases, especially that, like, confidence that you can handle things. Like, yes. there's um, like this story, for example, real quick, involves that Marshall commit, uh, Elena, and a couple other high school girls. Um, well, like, one high school soccer girl, Elena, and then a college soccer girl. And they were in there. Like, I want to say the two out of the three of them had finished a workout. Um, I feel like Elena was the one who hadn't finished it yet. But we had a very specific piece of equipment set up outside called a Fingal Finger. 
Again, this is like super specific, has one use in strong man, and that's it. <laughs> it's like not a training tool. It's, it's an event. It's like a giant adjustable telephone pole almost. That yeah, I know what you're talking pick about. Pick up, get overhead, and push it over. And just because it was out there, and like I said, I, I knew that these girls could do it. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, like, because these girls were waiting for their ride. You know, I'm like, oh, like, come out here and just, you know, do this real quick. Like, try this out. And they're like, okay. And they do the first one, and then they end up, like, killing it. Um, and so, like, unbeknownst to them, it, it was set at, like, the middleweight open category, like, difficulty that was happening at the gym in a competition in, like, a couple of weeks. And, like I said, so they're doing, like, an actual, like, like prescribed difficulty um, on there but again it's like they have no concept of how much it is so it's like oh yeah there you go <laughs> so now you can I, like, I like that too where you have like when when i'm doing my lift and i have percentages and obviously i have to write the number down because the percentage is not going to come right off the top of my head if i'm not doing like 100 or 200 or some kind of you know easy percentage you know i don't I don't think about it anymore. I just go, okay, I have to hit 70% for five by three, or I got to hit 80% for four by two. And it's so much easier now, the athletes that I have transitioning into kilograms and they start asking, what is this? What is this? What is this? I go, look, oh, you, can figure, like, you, you either figure it out on your own or, you know, I'll tell you right after you're done. You know, yep. I want to go through it. Don't think about your weight because I know the moment you're going to think about your weight, unless you are consistently coming in here for six months to a year's time, you're going to think too much. Yeah. I want your mental game set and locked in and then we can worry about, okay, I've done a hundred pounds here, 200 pounds here, uh, 150 here. I should be able to lift this weight. You know, when you start like, and I did to myself, I cleaned a hundred kilos for the first time and um, I was sitting there and I failed it the first time. And I said, look, I can, I can back squat 275. I can deadlift 375. Like I can do all these movements at these weights. I can, I can clean this weight. And that was for me, that was the, okay, let's, let's come to realization here. You know, don't, don't stand there and say, oh, this is hard. Of course it's yeah. hard. Everything we got, everything that, you know, as professionals or even athletes, it's going to be hard. But if we can stand there and say it's possible, and show our athletes it's possible, I think it makes it easier for them to come in and try new things too, which is awesome. I mean, I'll be honest, I was chasing that. I was chasing the bar after I cleaned it, but it was, it was still something, although the form, the catch wasn't pretty, the accomplishment of doing it tells me I can clean it up. So I like to try and show them, you know, I'm not big by any means. I'm not like huge in any way, but you know, I'm, I feel I'm, I'm more explosive. So I think that's what, another thing, I think that's why I gravitated towards like track and field and running. And then I gravitated towards volleyball just because I can accelerate, go hard and feel maybe not be fast, but feel fast and feel explosive. Yeah. That, that's a very real thing. And like I said, like the, the feeling is huge. Like, I'll act like it's funny you said the kilograms thing, because I'll do that. I'll do that sometimes. Like I won't do this all the time, but if I have an athlete who I know that the biggest thing holding them back is their head, like you said, like they hit that weight and then it's just like a plateau weight in their head, and it's like 
it'll that'll be a day where I just switched them to kilograms. And it's so foreign to them still that I'm like, you're not allowed to try to figure the weight out. (laughs) It's like, you're not, it's just colors. It's just a selection of colors. (laughs) All right. Like add a small yellow. Like, all right. Like, all right. That was good. Like add a, add a red underneath the yellow. (laughs) Like, Like it's just colors that I'm like, again, like it's not automatic enough to where they literally will have no idea what weight it is. Oh, because they know that they would have to get their phone out <laughs> start yeah. trying to figure it out. I had, I think I had, I had yellows and greens that pretty much made up the whole bar. And I had a couple of athletes go, how much, how much is that? I'm like, it's the Sprite bar. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you it's, I have Sprite colors on today. That's, that's yeah. really it. We're going to leave it. And it's, it is funny. I, I like that because I, I do that too. As they'd be like, well, do we start with the greens today? Or do we start with the yellows? I'm like, well, do you feel like you're good at green and you want to go to yellow? And some of them, I've, I have told them how much the weight is and then they forget. And so I just don't tell them again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I had like one of the girls not that long ago, like just a couple of weeks ago, um, she was working up to like a heavy single. And I think it was, I think it was clean and jerk. And in her, in her head, she had said something like she, she told me something at some point, like, ah, oh, like, you know, like I got 106 a couple of weeks ago. Like, I just want to get more than 106 and like meaning pounds. And she had hit 106 like three reps ago. But <laughs> I was like, like, but I just kept telling her to add it up. And she said, I'll be like, like, oh, yeah, I mean, they're just like, you know, this is going good. Like, meanwhile, she was at like 123 or something. <laughs> but she still had no, because, because she was still being successful in her mind. She felt like she couldn't be at 106 yet. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, because she hadn't hit what that perceived difficulty. Yeah, like it's so much. And, and then, like, you know, when she finally, finally finished her ended, you know, I was like, oh, like that, yeah, you know, like that was 123. And, and you know, they're like, <laughs> get super happy about it. It's like, it's yes. like, yeah, I was like, you started saying that, and I was like, oh, that was like three weights ago. We're good. <laughs> so I know, like, with with everything, like in in the private sector for both of us, it's one of those you know you have the choice to go out and form those relationships with like the high school program with middle school programs and some of the college programs and you also have those programs that don't want anything to do with anyone outside of them which i know is a huge i think is a downfall especially if they are not if they don't have a dscs usaw licensed coach in there um that is handling those programs because i know i have i have fought that battle down here i'm sure you have too in some way where you have you either have parents that have access to the weight room at the school or you know, whatever whatever the case is and they're like oh well you know we're not going to come in anymore we have access to this this and this i'm going to handle it and i sit there and i started to fight that argument when i was younger you know, when I started out and then I started going, well, I need to just keep focusing on what I'm doing moving forward. Cause I know I'm going to lose time in the end. And yeah. I know some people don't understand that. And I think it just comes down to, it's not giving up on the athlete, but it's looking at the argument and realizing that the person saying it isn't fully comprehending what they're doing. So like, yeah. how do we as strength coaches kind of, break that 
almost like that invisible barrier to get on campus to develop that relationship with those programs. Man, it's so hard. Um, and yeah, because like, sure enough, actually, I like I'm living in mostly that second situation where the schools or the coaches want nothing to do with us. Um, and like for us, like we're uh, so here in Morgantown. So the public high schools have a um, like have a have a contract with WVU for WVU to provide them graduate students from the coach from the athletic coaching education program as strength and conditioning coaches. And so as a whole, I mean, as a whole, it's a pretty sweet basic service to provide because mm -hmm. they make sure these guys um, have a CSCS, et cetera. And like, so as a whole, it's nice. Cause I mean, I came from somewhere that had nothing and right. So, I mean, it's definitely that good base service that also ends up being the downfall at the same time, because it comes with all the other, like, it's one of those things where all the people involved, administration, a lot of coaches, um, WVU as well, like everybody involved, like, will talk about all the, all the pros and just completely pretend the cons don't exist because like, you know, they are college students like it's one of those things okay like they're certified etc they are college students they are grad students so the you know the, the the spectrum of how well they can still practice what they're what they're working on can be very wide but the one thing you can guarantee is that they don't have a lot of experience most of them are starting their experience and yeah. for example one of the things they'll they'll keep using about how well prepared these these coaches are is you know, most of them will have had an internship at some university, et cetera. <clears throat> like, again, I was there. <laughs> so I know that in 2012, the NCAA passed a rule where interns on the strength and conditioning floor are count or become countable coaches. So your, 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 your bigger teams at most programs do not, you know, they're not going to waste a countable coaching position on an intern. So at most of these schools, the internship is, is observation only. So it's like, okay, like, great. You have an internship in Michigan. You watched the football team. You watched the basketball team, team train. But, you know, maybe you got some hands-on experience with, like, rowing, baseball. But you didn't get to, like, actually train the big teams. And, but you know, they'll say that. And it's one of those things where – like, like, yeah, like th then, you know, also they're thrust into that high school type of position where they're in charge of 30, 40, 50 high school kids at once. They're learning how to basically control workouts that way rather than having smaller groups first. So like a lot of kids slip through the cracks. Um, things are never customized. Like it seems yeah. like like one of the biggest things that we can provide that it's almost, you know, it's become one of our scripts just naturally is when parents or kids realize that they're doing the same workout that every other sport is doing. Like, for example, that's helped a lot with our female athletes is, you know, they'll be in ninth, 10th grade, volleyball, basketball, soccer, and finally hit that point of we're tired of doing the same workout that like the senior football guys are doing. And 
they're being put under that. And um, so like, yeah, just that difference in, again, like that just because you have a certification doesn't mean that you, that you know all the answers, you know, there's still a lot to learn. And again, that comes with time. It, it's, it's ironic because like, the program that those that those uh, GAs come from, like I used to teach at as well when I was at WBU. So it's like when I try to tell people, <clears throat> again, just these like actually objective pros and cons, it's like I'm literally coming from every side of the equation because <laughs> I've been there. And, um, but it's still hard, hard to gauge. And so every single year, we literally recycle the same points. Like, um, and yeah, like coaches will want Again, like they'll, they'll want that full control. They'll want athletes to only come to their program. Um, it, it goes all over. Like there's a couple of coaches, I mean, that we do have good relationships with, you know, aside from maybe wanting to just make sure that their kids are there for like in season. Otherwise, they support their kids just as long as they're doing something to get better. Um, but then there are some on the other end of the spectrum that like the kids have to literally hide coming to the gym which sucks. Yeah. Like, you know, they have to literally like hide coming because the coaches don't like it. And yeah. So, I mean, as a whole, it will, it's funny because one County over where they don't have that, we have a great relationship with some teams and coaches there, you know, like oh. we go down there, we train their, you know, their teams have been uber successful since we started working with them. Um, as well as like a private school uh, in Morgantown as well. And so it's a huge mix, like all over the place. It's crazy. But just like, I mean, just like you said, the best part has definitely been when I finally decided to stop worrying about it, stressing about it, trying to figure out a way to just like force that relate those relationships better. stopped okay oh i can hear you yeah i see it yeah. i had a call come in and i had no idea what to do because it wasn't giving me the option to, uh, oh, give me the option okay. to just get <laughs> um but yeah like so uh shoot forgot what i was saying but yeah oh yeah like and basically like when we finally just started focusing just on the kids that were coming in and just saying like, okay, like, yeah, we, we may, we may not have the opportunity. I continue to improve just by helping the kids who come. That's what matters. Mm. So, yeah. Like, and I know. Uh... It, it, I was going to say, the last thing I was going to add was also things have I've learned, things have become way better when we just started actually like, um, helping or interacting with the coaches generally on social media. Cause that's where I see them, but you know, not by like trying to make pitches or anything, but <clears throat> just commenting on stuff, supporting them, you know, if they, if they celebrate something, you know, you know, celebrating it, you know, that type of thing. Like most of them have, if nothing else, at least opened up and it's become a better, like a more positive relationship, have a specific 
kid who they think could use something more, more like customized, then they may actually end up referring them to us because like for that reason. But yeah, and I know I know with mine it was once once I started making it like showing the proof of what these kids are doing, and then I I added that in as well without to like try to chase people. You know, I I let those kids kind of show off. You know, I did this, I did this, I did this, and here's the proof. And, you know, they got to see all these things and other people started contacting me. It was kind of, I, I let it be a word of mouth. I didn't, you know, I've, I've done the ads here and there, but I didn't, I didn't worry about, okay, I need to start doing all this footwork. I need to start paying for all these ads. I need to start doing all of this nonsense. And, you know, I actually had one of my, <laughs> one of my soccer and basketball athletes go, I don't know what, ever since you started posting, I'm getting, I'm getting these ads for volleyball equipment. I don't want volleyball <laughs> equipment. And I just sit there and laugh. I mean, you know, we understand why it's happening. You know, you tag one thing and then everything spreads. And yeah. that's where I find it. I, I realize it's, it's, it's funny because it all works out on its own without having to stress about it. I've, I've yeah. found I get so much more done by just enjoying what I'm doing rather than pushing it really hard. And dogs go nuts all the time. Um, I found it works a lot easier when I'm just having fun with it. If I just post or if I, hey, this is what we're doing today. And then, you know, I let, they, they comment. I see the ones who like to get involved and then they'll show it, share it to other people and, you know, I'll ask them the next day or they send me a text like, hey, man, this person commented on this. Or I'll ask him, hey, do you know who this person is? They just followed the account. And, you know, someone would be like, yeah, those are my buddies out in North Carolina or something like that. And I just go, that's how I'm going to let it handle itself. I'm going to let them, yeah. you know, let them enjoy it. it. Yeah, exactly. Like in terms of the relationship, I think one of the things that's helped us the most over the long term is that we we haven't been combative towards anybody else like mm. which is crazy actually how we'll do that you know like um we don't sit there and like we don't sit here with clients and try to like badmouth other gyms <laughs> like you know <laughs> we don't sit here and like badmouth the team strength coach or something like that like it's like you know like there's just like there's no purpose and then it's like if if some of these other places do in turn badmouth us, it almost never actually achieves anything other than maybe the people that are already there, but otherwise it doesn't do anything. Um, I said, because it's always supportive of the athletes. And then, um, yeah, then like, as we keep celebrating the athletes themselves, yeah. there's basically a couple of things we found out about that. And again, not really on, not really even purposely. We just found out about it eventually was that, um, can you hear me? I'm freezing on my end. I can't tell. Yeah, I can hear you. Was that, well, you know, in the end, parents themselves will still want what's best for their kids. So mm -hmm. as long as we're being seen as a place that's like actually just trying to make things as easy as possible to help the kids out. Um, for example, like our scheduling is easy. It's not like we're not demanding all these like concessions. You know, like we're very yeah. pro work with the kid, work with the work with the family schedule, et cetera. Um, that helps. And then 
just the kids themselves, like especially these, you know, these days, like they they like to show off like what their their hard work, and probably the single biggest thing that's like sent just like help more people hear about us, and even the last six months or a year, is just posting a lot more stuff the, that the athletes themselves are doing and tagging them in it. <laughs> I think that's it. Like you said, word of mouth, like they post it, they spread it. We'll have no idea who sees it. And then all of a sudden, like we, you know, more people come in there like, and like, Oh yeah, I'm friends with this person. I'm friends with this person. And it's like, Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> like you said, like, I was like, yeah, we'll still do like an occasional ad here and there, things like that. But I said, it's way, like way more beneficial just on our end, just the, keep being positive and to celebrate what the athletes themselves are doing. Yeah. And I know, I mean, to kind of like when you said, when, when you get some of that like negative feedback and you have those people that want to, want to get aggravated at the athlete for going and bettering themselves. And I mean, that's the easiest way I've break, I've broken it down for other athletes is I've had people like I run, I run my strength conditioning company and then I run a volleyball club. So um, I, I always tell them, you know, if you want to go play for another club, I, I don't care. I'm perfectly fine with that. I want to make you better and you need to go the avenue that you feel is going to suit you best. So if that means that someone else coaches you or you go play with your friends or whatever it is, but I can help you in the gym, which will translate to the court, then I'm perfectly fine. And I'll go and I'll support her playing for another club by sitting there and watching her. And yeah. I think that's, very hard concept for a lot of people to understand is it's not about pride. It's not about ego. It's I want to see who is my athlete in a different way than coaching. I want to see them succeed. And it's, I think that's where the whole family dynamic comes in where your, your little gym family, your, your client athlete family extends beyond so many boundaries and that's what I wish more and more and more coaches, whether it's athletic coaches or strength coaches, would pursue a little bit more. Because I think, I think, one, we'd actually be able to get more of a conducive relationship. And, I, I mean, I feel I would grow a lot more to understand what are they doing, what are they looking for. Maybe I can change their program to help them accomplish that goal, especially at a higher, like an older age. Yeah, for for sure. And actually, like you said, like one of the other top things I've seen is just, you know, when you actually go to your athletes games, <laughs> like you said, like, that's huge. Like, like, yeah, them seeing it, like, they appreciate it. They love it. The family appreciates it. They loves it. You probably end up meeting other people who, like who are there, you know, right. especially like, you know, the, depending on the size of your community you end up seeing the same people over and over again in different places, um, at least because they're the ones who are involved in sports. And, <laughs> and, and yeah, like it, when you actually just become a part of, like, yeah, when you take your community and you make it the fact that, like, you're also planning on being visibly supporting them, that you're not just, like, asking for people to come to you, but you're actually going to watch them, to support them, taking time out of your day, et cetera. Like that, you know, th that opens up a lot more eyes in the community than just sitting there like telling people that you're the best or running ads, telling people that they should come to you because of X, Y, Z like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to hold you any longer. I do have a couple questions for you though. Um, yeah. One would be um, 
what's some of the best advice you've ever gotten throughout your, out your career? Um, and the other is what advice would you give to anyone, like any athlete that's looking to pursue that next step? Uh, I'm not even going to say it's necessarily the best, but literally the first thing that came to mind when you said the best advice that I've received was mm -hmm. my first boss, my first director of strength and conditioning, Mike Barwis, uh, who has his own centers and had a TV show. <laughs> it's like, he's, he's a legitimate psychopath, like in the, in a good way, like, um, love the dude. But I remember him saying that it doesn't matter what you call an exercise, as long as it gets the job done. Um, like I said, because somebody had somebody had randomly asked him, like, "Oh, you call it this?" And it was actually a funny story. The answer ended up being that he was colorblind. So what he was calling it, he actually thought was that was because he had a name for it that involved the color, mm -hmm. and he just actually thought that was the color of the piece of equipment, and it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but it was just one of the like those things. But I said that's strongly influenced me as a whole so that idea of just using like so not getting caught up in the label and like i said just finding like, like the best way to help people where it's going to be like there'll be athletes who use a ton of you know like get them more explosive through olympic lifting there's athletes who might get more explosive through jumping and sprints there's athletes who we may you know they come in and they're like oh like we like we want that we want them to get better at agility and footwork and the and we decide that the answer for them is more squats and lifting <laughs> it's like you know um so not getting caught up in those definitions of things but then the biggest uh piece i wish i could think of something like better or deeper that i've gotten i'm just terrible at remembering stuff like that uh, in terms of actual like new piece of it or like piece of advice to other people though, I'd probably say is just like figure out why you're doing, like figure out why you're doing something and then just let that be the reason that people actually see it. So like, I love training because I myself fell in love with training um, when I was a teenager, like hardcore. And so everything I wanted to do, like I still at the end wanted to actually be that enjoyable process. Like I, I loved committing to it. I loved the discipline of it and pushing myself. And then I loved actually doing it. So for me, it's always been important that like, um, for example, like the more militant style strength conditioning, like yelling, everything needs to be perfect. It's just never been my style. And I've had coaches who want that, like, um, like, especially if, if it was a more top-down thing, like at WVU, for example, like, you know, I've had here and there a couple of coaches who wanted that and it just wasn't my style. So I wasn't, it just wasn't going to do that. Like I would always change my, or not change myself, but I would always be like a slightly different version of myself, depending on the team I was with. But again, it's just cause I just, just like automatically felt that I was going to help me relate to that team better. Like I'm a different, slightly different version of myself in front of say 50 male wrestlers than I am in front of 15 female gymnasts. Yeah. But it's not that I'm different. It's just, I realize like the volume can be different, you know, like any form of like aggressiveness slash direction can be different, <laughs> things like that. But it's, but it's still the same. Mm. Yeah. So I really feel like if people just figure out why they actually like coaching or why they actually like training and, 
that's what they're trying to present to the athletes. You're trying to help them through that channel. It helps. So like yeah. I said, like it's just a lot of those black and white, these are the rules, you follow it or you get in trouble. I said, it's just not me. Like I said, like results and enjoy the process are those are the main things for me. So. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jerry. Um, I definitely learned something as I always try and do with these. So um, take it easy. Have a good time, Anthony. I appreciate it. And um, if there's anything else, like we get back together with this, because I'm sure we there's plenty of other stuff we could talk about for sure. And then probably find more people that we probably have connection with too. So um, thank you and yeah, uh, have a absolutely. good day.